When you check your mail and see the bill from your provider, is your first reaction to toss it on the table with a promise to review later? Or are you filled with dread thinking you need a PhD just to understand what it all means? There is no doubt that receiving a medical bill can bring on anxiety, especially since it can be hard to predict what you'll be charged for a doctor's visit, a procedure, or any other medical service. If you get an alarmingly high bill, you might feel too overwhelmed to deal with it. If it's a small bill, you might be tempted to pay it without giving it a once-over just to make it go away. But it is worth scrutinizing your bill you receive, given that error rates can be as high as 80%. It's get real time. Let's tackle this topic and make it simple to understand so next time you get that bill, you'll have the knowledge you need to review and address any concerns. Are you tired of the high cost of healthcare? Are you overwhelmed trying to navigate a complicated healthcare system? Welcome to Get Savvy, demystifying healthcare weekly podcast where we take complicated healthcare topics and make them simple. Imagine if you could stop feeling paralyzed with fear and frustration and instead be empowered to make smart healthcare decisions for you and your family. Get Savvy with your host, Sandy Kibling, a healthcare professional changing how healthcare knowledge is shared. Hello, and welcome to episode 12, Breaking Down the Mystery of the Medical Bill. Today, we are going to discuss, one, the price estimate, charges versus allowables. Two, we're going to talk about understanding your explanation of benefits. This is essential to making sure your provider's office and insurance company are billing correctly for the services you received. Not verifying can potentially cost you money. Three, we're going to discuss what are your options if you need to troubleshoot a medical bill. Let's dig in. Did you know, studies have shown that four out of five bills contain errors that could result in inflated medical charges. Here are a few examples. A biller might enter an incorrect diagnostic code indicating that a patient had an x-ray done on both legs when in reality only one leg was imaged. Perhaps there was a typo. A single saline drip is noted as 10 instead of 1. Incomplete or incorrect information for a patient or provider can result in errors in billing, such as noting the wrong product. Example, let's say that you have Anthem and they know you are in the Pathways product when you really have the PPO product. This could result in out-of-network issues, higher cost to you, and overall, just a hassle to try and get it cleared up. A biller accidentally bills for the same service more than once. This is known as duplicate billing. Finally, information from the doctor's notes may also get lost or misinterpreted by a billing department. Now, while it can be a pain, it is important to check to make sure you are not overpaying, as we all know healthcare is expensive enough already. Let's talk about getting a price estimate. In episode 11, Pricing Your Procedure and Tips for Reducing Medical Cost, we discussed the key questions to ask when requesting a price estimate. So make sure and check that out. In this case, we're going to assume you have the price estimate in hand. This document will vary from practice to practice depending on which electronic health record system they use. But typically, this document shows the charges and the allowables. Now, these may be called different things. For example, charges may be referred to as UCR or usual customary rate, and allowable may be patient portion or patient responsibility. 
Not to make it confusing, but I want to make sure that you understand what is being referenced. For this case, we will refer to it as charges and allowables. So let's talk about the difference between the two. A charge is the price the provider submits to the insurance company. The allowable is what the provider is allowed to accept for payment. Here's an example. Let's say you have a 45-minute visit with your provider as an established patient. The provider charges $300, but per their contract with the insurance company, they are only allowed to accept $192 based on those contract terms. Therefore, they cannot bill you for the additional $108, which is a difference between $300, the charge, minus the $192, which is the allowable. Now, this can be confusing, especially if the provider's office gives you the estimate of all your services or all your charges for services, and you're looking at the charge column thinking, this is what you owe. You may also think, is the provider trying to pull a fast one on you? And the truth is, your provider's office has to create that charge that they use to charge insurance companies as they all pay differently. What you can rest assured of is your provider's office has contract language that states they must accept the allowable charge and cannot charge you above that. So once your procedure is complete and the provider's office has billed the insurance company, you should receive an explanation of benefits. So what is an explanation of benefits, also called an EOB? An EOB is the insurance company's written explanation regarding a claim showing what they paid and what you must pay based on your plan, deductible, and out-of-pocket maximum. It is important to know that an EOB is not a bill. It will explain any charges that you still owe or may have already paid in the form of a copay at the time the medical care was received, as one example. If you owe additional money after the insurance company has paid its portion, the medical provider will send a separate bill, which should match your portion listed on the EOB. So let's break down your explanation of benefits with six key points. To better understand how to read your EOB, we're going to review a sample EOB and talk through these six points. I will provide a one-pager resource that breaks down these six points as I reference them today on the podcast. I'll link to it in the show notes. EOB sample. Much like the price estimate, the EOBs will vary in format based on different insurance company systems that distribute these EOBs, but the content should remain the same. The sample and the resource I mentioned will be for Anthem. The EOB six key points. One, explanation of healthcare benefits. The top of the EOB form gives the incidentals like dates, names, claim number, insurance plan identification, and provider information. This is always good to check as any error such as the wrong date of service or incorrect insurance company can result in a denial from your insurance, resulting in a delay of payment. Remember, these billers deal with so many patients and different insurances a day, it is easy for them to confuse you with someone else. Two, Provider responsibility amount. The grid section breaks down payment information. You'll see how much the provider charged, followed by any adjustments made per their agreement with your insurance company, resulting in the allowed amount column. A provider's charges will always be higher than the allowed amount. This does not impact you as the provider will only be paid the allowed amount based on their contract terms they negotiated with the insurance company as we discussed earlier. Three, patient non-covered amount. 
Depending upon your plan, some services aren't covered. Those charges would be indicated in that column. An example of this might be an ophthalmology optometry visit. Most services will be covered except for the refraction test. This is a test that determines exactly what prescription you need in your glasses or contact lenses. Most insurance companies don't cover this, and if this were the case for you, it would be noted in this column. Four, coinsurance amount. Deductible, copayment, and coinsurance are cost-sharing amounts that are your responsibility and will be listed in this column. The next column is usually the amount your insurance company pay the provider on your behalf. As a reminder, the coinsurance kicks in once you've met your deductible at, say, 80% insurance covers and 20% you cover. Five, the amount you owe. The most important part of the EOB is the amount you owe. When you get a bill from the provider, the amount charged should match this number. Remember, this is an explanation of benefits and the bill from the provider will come later. Six, patient benefit summary. In the summary section, you'll see any additional notes about how your claim was processed, plus a running tally of your cost-sharing amounts for the year. Also pay close attention to the notes as to why they may not be covering the cost you believe should be covered. Usually there is a code such as D4, medically not necessary. If you believe this is not the case, contact your health insurance company to determine what proof they need via documents and or medical notes from your doctor to have your case reconsidered. Now, just as a reminder, if you are a visual person, make sure and check out the EOB resource that will show you an example of an EOB with the six key points we just reviewed. I'll link to that in the show notes. The next item we're going to talk about is reviewing your EOB or it can cost you money. Remember, there's a high error rate when it comes to billing as we discussed in the beginning. I always recommend trust but verify. Check the statement for two very important reasons. One, ensure your insurance company accurately applied your coverage against medical services rendered. And two, verify your medical provider correctly reported the treatment you received. By familiarizing yourself with the format and the terminology of an EOB, you will be able to confirm whether the statement is accurate. So reviewing your EOB. One, you can always ask your provider's office or facility for an itemized list for services provided. An itemized bill will include a line for each service and medical supply you received with a dollar amount for each one. As you are reviewing that itemized list, it is important to note at a high level how your provider is billing for services provided. A provider's office uses a five-digit code for each services provided. Now, there are over 150,000 codes to choose from, so this is where those billing errors can come into play. So let's talk about a type of the types of codes that providers use. HCPCS Level 1 Codes, or commonly called CPT, Current Procedural Terminology. These codes are used by all U.S. providers, and they consist of five digits that correspond to different procedures or tests. They're often called service codes on your bill. HCPCS Level 2 codes correspond to supplies or products used during your visit. An example could be a, bo- a boot used for your foot or an arm sling device to support your arm after shoulder surgery. Many times these codes start with a letter instead of a number, but they're also called service codes. 
ICD-10 codes are international classification of diseases. These are used to identify a diagnosis. In the U.S., every billed service, that five-digit CPT code has to link to an ICD code to make sure the treatment matches the diagnosis. ICD codes can be three to seven characters. An example could be K50.013, Crohn's disease of the small intestine. The final code is revenue codes. These are specific to a facility and are usually three to four digits. The revenue code tells an insurance company whether the procedure was performed in the emergency room, operating room, or another department. They identify the dollar amount linked with the procedure. Example, if you see a revenue code for the ER and you were seen in an outpatient facility, you want to appeal this as an ER visit will likely be more costly. If you want more detail on a HCPCS or CPT codes to make sure you're being billed for the care you received, you can use the free Medicare code lookup. Ignore the pricing information listed unless you're a Medicare recipient, since Medicare's pricing is typically much lower than what private insurers pay. Enter the code on your bill, select all modifiers, and hit submit for an explanation of the code. Now, Back to those common errors, which I errors, which we did talk about earlier, but let's review a few more to make sure you are clear on what to look for as you review that EOB. There could be coding errors. The person entering the code used the code for maybe a brand name drug when you took a cheaper generic one, or your sprained ankle was coded as a break. Duplicate charges or inflated quantities. You're charged for the same service multiple times, or a coder, also known as a biller, adds an extra zero, and you end up being charged for 100 pills instead of 10. Treatments you didn't receive. While you were in the hospital, your doctor scheduled you for an MRI, but then decided you didn't need it. The test might still end up on your bill if no one removed it from your chart. Incorrect surgery times. Operating room time is charged by the minute. If you, the time you spent in surgery is marked down incorrectly by a coder, you could be paying more than you should. If the time listed on the bill seems off, ask to see your medical record to see when your surgery started and stopped. Wrong room fee charges. For hospital stays, it's not uncommon for someone who share, stayed in a shared room to be charged a private room fee. Sometimes coders also mark down the wrong number of days, inflating bills. Insurance issues. Your health insurance denies your coverage, either incorrectly or legitimately. So after reviewing, if you identify an error, contact the insurance company to notify them of errors. The more specific you can be, the more success you will have in resolving the issue. While customer service representatives try to assist, they are not always familiar with all terms and certainly not with your situation. You can also submit a written appeal or dispute to the insurance company. You can usually find the forms to do this on your insurance portal, or you can call the member services number on the back of your card. You can also contact the medical provider's billing department to advise of any mistakes and obtain an appeals form. Ask them to troubleshoot with your insurance company if the error was on their end. And finally, you can submit a written appeal or dispute to that provider. Now, you may be wondering how long this process takes is you don't want to end up in collections. Typically, you have anywhere between three to six months before a provider or hospital sends a bill to collections. 
Now, I advise always call your provider's office to verify as practices, policies may vary. Also, if you're going through the appeal process, write a letter to your provider's office explaining this and request that they put your account on hold. In most cases, a provider's office or hospital will do this for 30 to 90 days. Make sure you do it in writing or email with read receipt and keep copies for proof. It's also important to keep a log of names, dates, telephone, and reference numbers for each insurance and or provider contact related to your claim. Now, if the bill is correct, but you are concerned about paying the bill, you can work with your provider or hospital to discuss a payment plan or discounted rate. Episode 11 has more details on this topic. If you are looking for a discounted rate, it is important to research a fair price for this service. You can use Healthcare Blue Book to, to, to determine a fair price and use this in your negotiation. There's a free version I will link to in the show notes. I hope this information has proven helpful. Make sure and check out the resources um, that I link to as they have uh, additional articles that might be helpful to you. Next time, we will discuss patient navigators who support you by helping to remove barriers to care by identifying critical resources and helping you navigate through healthcare services and systems. Until then, get savvy.